gentlemen, here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. You're listening to Business Talk Radio, where we take business to the next level. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Louis Michelson at Business Talk Radio, and we have a very special guest today from Akron, Ohio. She is president of Electric Impulse Communications, Leslie Unger. How are we doing, Leslie? You said it correctly. Thank you. I'm very well. Thank you. That's good. That's absolutely fantastic. Not too many people doing too well today. <laughs> I'm looking at this as as an advantage, as a way to uh, learn some things and do things that I wouldn't ordinarily do in my life before COVID. Yeah, well, everybody's getting to do that, huh? Well, they have the opportunity, yes. All right, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um from the time I was very young, I was fascinated with leaders. I was as fascinated with the bad guys as I was the good guys. And it always struck me from the time I was five that bad guys often communicated better than good guys. So I've always had an interest in how people communicate, how they talk about themselves, how they talk to others. Um, that has always been an area that has been an interest to me. When I was in um, high school and college, way before the Internet, I used to write to every candidate running for president and tell them what they were doing wrong. I honestly believe they were just dying to know what some girl in Ohio um, thought about them and, and what they were doing wrong um, or sometimes right. Well, did they, did, they resp- did they respond to you? You know, I got one response. I used to, back then, the candidates did not all fly on private planes. They used to fly together on small planes. They would fly from, um, you know, state to state as they were going through the primaries. And I, I had this funny image that one time they'd get really bored, and they'd be bored about talking about all the issues, and one guy would, because it was mostly all guys then, one guy would, would pull out an envelope and say, You know, I got this letter from someone in Ohio, and another candidate would whip out an envelope and say, I got a letter, too. Um, I did get one answer. It was really kind of funny. At the time, Bruce Babbitt was um, governor of Arizona. He went on to be an interior secretary, but at the time, he was governor, and he was running for president. And I wrote him, and he wrote me back. And in the letter, um, there was a typo. So then I felt the need to write him back and point out the typo in his letter. And that was the end of our communication. Oh, yeah. He don't want to be told that he made a mistake. Right, right. (laughs) But, you know, in coaching, you know, you have to learn that you're giving someone a gift. When other people can say you're giving them negative feedback or you're pointing out a mistake, I see it that I'm giving them a gift, that all feedback is gold, and, and that's a gift I'm giving them. That's true. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your company. My company, Electric Impulse Communication, was named after a horse. When I started my company, I thought it was a good idea. Um, at the time, I was showing horses, and Electric Impulse was a big white Arabian stallion that I showed for several years. Um, I believe that if we had tested our DNA, that we would have had the same DNA. So I thought it was a good idea to use his name when I started my business. It pro- 
probably wasn't the best idea in the world because to this day people think I'm an electric company and I get a call a week, do I want to bid on some kind of electrical work? But I started my company because I so believed that, as I mentioned earlier in watching leaders throughout history, that if people could change the world through how they communicated, that all of us have the ability to change our world by how we communicate in the verbal, in the vocal, in the visual. And I started my business with this belief that through coaching and speaking, I could help people influence their world and influence their outcomes. And that's why I started Electric Impulse. Wow. I thought you were in some kind of an electrical company, too. <laughs> I know. After 20 years, I mean, I, I should have aligned with an electrical company years ago because I get a call a week. Yeah. Uh, asking if I'd like to. And you can say, yeah, I do, and uh, I'm going to refer you to my partner. Exactly. <laughs> and you get a little commission. Exactly. Yeah, that would have been great. Instead, I thought I would use electric impulse and use the words like we supercharge and we electrify. Um, but as I said, looking back, probably not the best decision. Yeah, that's all right. So you're still successful. That's what counts. I try. Thank you. All right, so... Um, you got three aspects of your work. Yes. And coach is the first one. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, let me back up first when you say three aspects, because I don't want to miss the opportunity to say that in communication, three is a very important number. That's probably the only number. Um, so, yes, there are three aspects, just like in communication, the number three is so important. The verbal, the vocal, the visual, the content, the delivery, the organization, the intro, the body, and the conclusion. So I just want to point out that three is a very important number if you want to communicate your value. So at Electric Impulse, there may be more things than the three, but the three that I uh, talk most about is starting with the coaching. Um, when I was showing horses, and I showed competitively for 25 years, I benefited greatly from having a coach. I need to learn one-on-one, -on -one, and it's still the same way. If I'm learning uh, something new on the computer, I have to learn one-on-one, -on -one, you know, to learn Zoom or go to meetings or anything else. I have to learn one-on-one. -on -one. I started coaching because I believe that if I learn best that way, that there have to be other people out there that also can learn best that way. I admire people that can go to a seminar and get what they need out of it, but that's not me. If I'm in a seminar, I'm in the front seat, and I'm asking my questions all through it. I'm talking to the speaker beforehand and the speaker afterwards because I need to individualize it as much as I possibly can like a coach. So coaching is for people that learn best, that one-on-one -on -one because you accelerate your progress faster, because it is customized to what you need to know and how you learn. So coaching is the first bucket in the three things that I do, and that's why. Then you go on to speaker. I do. Then I go on to speaker. Um, you know, there's, there's kind of a funny um, criteria and story in the speaking world. We call it smile sheets that um, no matter how good or how bad a speaker is, after they're done, if people have the option to evaluate the speaker, they will always say nice things because they don't want to hurt their feelings, um, whether they're good or not. But 
as a speaker, you have an ability to at least introduce an audience to some new concepts, to give them something to think about, perhaps to challenge um, some ways that they're used to doing things. And, and as much as I love coaching on a one-to-one, speaking gives you an opportunity to have a little bit bigger footprint. I'm more of a non-traditional speaker. I never stand behind a podium. Um, I, I, but I tell my clients, because sometimes I'm coaching clients that are speaking, that leaving a podium is very dangerous. Um, it's, it's like going off on a tangent, and you don't always know how to get back. But for myself, I don't like to stand behind a, a podium. I encourage participation. I bribe people to participate when I'm speaking, um, though I don't uh, force them, but I do bribe them. And I believe that PowerPoint, it should be a federal offense to have words on PowerPoint slides. I think more people have been killed by bad PowerPoint than by guns or, or cars. They've been simply bored to death. So my version of a PowerPoint is a little different than the rest of the world, maybe. I, I see that you toss out chocolate or gift cards. I do. I do. I toss out chocolate, um, one of my staples. Um, I toss out gift cards. I, I tell people that um, once you get your chocolate or your gift card, you can't go to sleep because you can accumulate more than one. And the people who accumulate the most get very, very, very valuable prizes. It's my way of... of making sure I get engagement and I, I get activity. And so I don't want to, I want to be able to plan on it. I don't want that maybe they will, maybe they won't. Um, I don't force people to volunteer, but I do think that it's more interesting for the audience when they can see people try to implement in front of them rather than just talking to them. All right. Although it's kind of interesting in the speaking world, if you were hiring, if a company was hiring a speaker to, let's say, speak at their sales conference, the speaker might say, okay, do you want me to give a prepared speech or do you want me to use audience members in my presentation? And often they'll say, well, we want you to you know, use, use our, our audience members. Do you know that typically a speaker charges more if they use audience members than they do if they give just their prepared speech? because it's actually harder to use audience members because you don't know what they're going to give you, and yet you still want to make it a valuable lesson for your audience. So I thought that was kind of interesting. All right. And what about this break the shell or take no prisoners? Yes, yes. Um, each year I usually have a different theme. Um, break the shell refers to a little baby chick. You know, when they're in the shell, it's very warm and cozy, and they don't have to worry about anything. They don't have to worry about being fed. They don't have to worry about prey. Um, it's very comfortable. But there comes a time when if they don't break the shell, then they're going to die. And I use that, and the, the, you know, the graphic, as you can imagine, in my PowerPoint is a chick breaking a shell, and that's the only thing on the PowerPoint slide, is that as, as humans and as adults, we have to break our shell. You know, we often tell ourselves, I can't do this, you know, I can't speak, or I don't do well at interviews, or I'm not good at networking. We tell ourselves these things, but if we don't break that shell, then professionally we will die. We have to look at, at 
how many ways can we be visible and can we be viable when we are visible? That's our job. And sometimes we have to break the shell in order to get there. Hmm. And what about the take no prisoners? Um, you know, I had a group that came to me last summer, and they asked me if I could speak on this on a particular topic. And I said, yes, I can, if I can add three words to the title, take no prisoners. Because, you know, as a coach, more so as a coach, but also as a speaker, you know, there are, are all kinds of different styles. There's different styles of leadership. If anyone watched the last Sunday's segment of uh, the Bulls and Michael Jordan, and he actually teared up when he talked about his style of leadership, there are very different styles of leadership. Some styles of leadership are, let me put my arm around you, and some styles are, let me give you a swift kick. Um, so there are different styles. As a coach, my style is more take no prisoners. I'm direct because I believe that that's how you can accelerate in your field faster through the interview process, through your profession, that you can accelerate faster if I'm direct. So it could be said I don't take any prisoners, and I think that that's a more effective way, um, but I, I warn people. So in my speech that starts out, take no prisoners, eight creative ways to get uh, results, it's because it's being direct, and that's what I mean by it. All right. And now you got eight creative ways to get results. That's the um, take no prisoners, eight creative ways to get results. So I'm warning people in advance that, you know, you have to have the mindset. It's not for me to have the mindset. You, as an individual, need to adopt the take no prisoners mindset. If you want to meet this person, then you have to adopt the mindset that I'm going to do whatever it takes to meet this person. Now, one time there was a CEO that I wanted to meet. He actually had been referred to me by another CEO, but even with that referral, he wasn't exactly open or welcoming to me. So I talked to him on the phone, and I didn't meet with him. Well, it turned out that I was at a conference, an ESOP conference with a client, and he was also at this conference. So I saw him go into the men's room, and I figured I was just going to wait for him. He had to come out. So I stood outside the men's room, and I waited, and I waited, and I began to wonder if there was, like, a back door to the men's room. But he be actually became a client. I wrote the toast for his children when they got married. I wrote the eulogy when his father-in-law died. We became close, but I met him because I stood outside that men's room with a take-no-prisoner attitude that I'm going to meet him. He's not going to be able to escape. He may call me a stalker, but I'm going to meet him. That's a take-no-prisoner mindset, and you need to have that if you want to get results. All right. All right. And with that, before we go on to the next one, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. This is Louis Michelson at Business Talk Radio. We have a superior guest speaker on today, Leslie Unger, and we'll be right back. Do not leave us. When you want high-quality product, you go to the place where that product is masterfully crafted, like cheese from Vermont or whiskey from Tennessee. That's why we created CBDGarage.com to provide a reliable source of quality CBD hemp oil products straight from Colorado. 
We also offer advice and education to help our customers understand the proper use of our products. All products from CBDGarage.com are 100% legal to ship to all 50 U.S. states and come with consumer satisfaction guaranteed. So what are you waiting for? Visit CBDGarage.com to get the help you need to choose high-quality CBD hemp oil products that's right for you. Let us help you start achieving the healthier lifestyle you want today. CBDGarage.com, Colorado's premier online shop for quality CBD hemp oil products. That's CBDGarage.com. Visit now. Do you or someone you know consider themselves to be a truth seeker? How would you react if you were made aware that the greatest attack made on U.S. soil was not what it seemed to be? How the WTC was really demolished and anatomy of mass murders expanded are two books written by a Ph.D. in applied physics, Caltech, 1978. Let the truth of 9-11 be unveiled right before your eyes. Dr. Crockett Graby will destroy the myths with these powerful books. Go to clane.org, S-E-A-L-A-N, as in Nancy, dot org, and grab your copies today. Grab your books. You don't have to be a historian to safeguard the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is, the most listened to radio show on the planet that the other stations are tuned in to. You're listening to Business Talk Radio, where we take business to the next level. Welcome back, everybody, and good afternoon. This is Louis Michelson at Business Talk Radio. We have a very special guest speaker, president of Electric Impulse Communications, and it has nothing to do with an electric company. <laughs> Leslie Unger. All right. Leslie, where were we? We were at my third bucket, author. Yes, we were. Yes. So I picked March 2020, um, probably the worst time in the history of Western civilization to publish a book on anything other than, you know, the COVID virus. But um, in March, my third book was published, Horse Talk Lessons in Leadership, which is a compilation of 100 lessons learned from an actual experience that I offer to people to learn about their communication and leadership skills by spending a day with horses. Nice. Horses are cool. Horses are cool. But what's most important to the day and the book is that a horse is, you know, I like to say that coaching is an honest mirror, that I am an honest mirror that shows you an honest reflection. A, a horse is a four-legged honest mirror. They they are bred to be able to identify leadership. If you think about it out in the wild, um, if they identify the wrong horse to be the leader of the pack, they could follow him off a cliff. So they can identify leadership. So the real importance of the day and the book is that the lessons that you learn or observe, you apply in life outside of the pasture in your personal and professional life. And that's really the important part of the, of the lessons. You know, this, this COVID virus, to me, as a leadership coach, this COVID is as much about leadership as it is about the virus. And that's leadership on a national level, a state level, a city level, and a family level. How people are leading um, is different, and it, it, it represents their take on leadership. So the, 
the book is actually about leadership, and to me, the COVID crisis is actually about leadership. All right. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you. You know, I don't know that I was inspired. I think I grew up in a family that owned their own business. And I, I first of all, believe that family businesses should be outlawed by the Constitution of the United States in a, in a new amendment. Um, but family businesses are, are very different. And I think if you grow up in a family business, you either follow that mindset and work ethic and, you know, you work 24-7 and, you know, you think a holiday is two hours, you know, away from work, um, not a day or a week. Um, it's just a different mindset, and I think you either follow that or you become a civil servant and you just put in your eight hours a day. Um, so I don't know that I was inspired or as I just followed the example that I saw set by my parents in a family business. Hmm. Yeah, I had a family business, and my kids all worked for me, but they all ran away from being in business, that's for sure. That's <laughs> they all still speaking? <laughs> yeah, they're all fine. Good, good. <laughs> so what are some of the obstacles that you had to overcome in your career? You know, I think that my biggest obstacle is the same thing that I would tell my clients, that look in the honest mirror, and that's where you're going to find your biggest obstacles. And I say that not to blame people, and I'm not even blaming myself when I say that I'm my biggest obstacle, and I think on a daily basis, I am my biggest obstacle. I don't say that to blame people. I say that to empower them. Because if you not moving ahead in, let's say, that job interview, or you not moving ahead with that client that you believe is going to be that life-changing client, if the reasons you don't move ahead are all external, then you have no control over the outcome. So when I tell people to look in the honest mirror, when I say I'm my biggest obstacle, I think that's a gift I'm giving someone because I'm giving them the power to, if not change the outcome, to at least influence the outcome. So I think I'm my biggest obstacle and in many ways. Um, for example, many people I work with in coaching, whether they are a 60-year-old uh, successful managing partner or chairman of the board, or whether they are 20 years old and, and interviewing for medical school, often they will tell me that they are bad at or they don't like networking. I cannot tell you how consistently I hear that from people that are successful and that you would not expect to hear that from. I had a, a, a successful managing partner that would purposely get to events late under the guise of he was busy, but only because he wanted to miss the networking part of the event. Well, I'm basically an introvert. I would probably be happy only talking to pet animals for the rest of my life. So networking is not something that came easy to me. So when I say my biggest obstacle was myself, I learned pretty early on when I started my business that the world was not just going to send me business. I kind of thought they would when I started my business. I just thought I just had to start it. That was the hard part, and the world would just end up at my door. But they did not. So I learned I had to go out 
and I had to fish myself. And so if I don't network, and if I don't network effectively, then I'm not protecting my business. And that's what I tell my clients. Networking, they don't like to do it. Okay, so what? We all do things we don't like to do. The question isn't whether you like it or not. The question is, can you overcome that? So whether it's someone says, well, I don't like you know interviews, I don't like cold calling, or I don't like doing presentations, you're your obstacle. No one else is. And that's a good thing because you can take steps to influence that outcome. So that's the best way I can answer that. Um, I think I'm my biggest obstacle on a daily basis. All right. So we're running a little bit out of time, so I'm going to jump a little bit. And being an accomplished professional, what quote or word of inspiration can you give to encourage others to follow their dreams? You know, in my coaching room, I have a room in my office that's specifically for coaching, and I have painted on the wall one of my favorite quotes, and it simply says, it's not enough to merely know. One must know and do. And I would encourage anyone that is listening to, to challenge yourself, not do I know it, do I do it? We all know we should either eat healthier or get more exercise or go to sleep on time or have a routine during this COVID, but do we do it? So I would challenge people to, it's nice to have a quote, but what's really important is if you can implement it and make it come to life. So it's not enough to merely know, one must know and do. There you go. All right, now give out some information on how to get in touch with you if you'd like. Yes. I would love to. Okay. Um, I have a website named after that horse, Electric Impulse, so you can go to electricimpulse.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I have my own YouTube channel. Anyone is welcome to text me at 330-607-5730, and I will always answer your text about any communication uh, challenge because I think every challenge in life is in some way a communication challenge. And you can also email me at Leslie at electricimpulse.com. You heard her, everybody out there. She's wonderful. Got a lot of good ideas. Been around the block and knows what she's doing. So get in touch with her if you have any questions. If you want to be coached, Electric Impulse Communications, Leslie Unger. Be safe out there and we will talk soon. This is Louie Michelson at Business Talk Radio. Do not leave us. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. You're listening to Business Talk Radio, where we take business to the next level. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I like things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I do the same things over and over until one day I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. 
Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org/signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.